This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, great to talk to you after a great sports weekend. We got baseball, we got football, got little hoops. It's ESPN New York Tonight. Here we go. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 FM. Along with Brian DeBrain and Jake the Snake, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, Gordon, oh Gordon. Yeah, no, Larry, I'm here. I'm here, buddy. Don't worry. It's going to take a lot more than that to, to knock me off. Gordon. Oh, my God, Larry. I'm holding on, Gordon. Oh, my God. Now, I'm you have been on. a big believer in, uh, you know, uh, that the Yankees have a lot of time left. Yes. A lot of baseball left to be played. Yes. Still feel I that big... way after watching this weekend? Absolutely. Really? Wow. Absolutely. Are... Wow, Absolutely. You are a far more optimistic man than I. Absolutely. You know what I'm, you know what I'm banking on? I can't imagine. They are one. They are two games behind the A's and one game behind the Mariners for the wild card. Yeah, and that's where you're going, my friend. <laughs> the division is done, <laughs> Larry. I'd love to believe that's that to going. be true. That's where you're going. The it division feels is like done. the story of this season has been written, and it's just. I mean, I was sitting there watching it yesterday, and I went into the eighth inning saying, like, almost jokingly out loud to myself, "Well, I wonder how they're going to blow this one." And then it started to happen. And I said, oh, my God, they, they are actually – when it got to be 4-2, I said, they are going to blow this game. And then at that point, it was just like it was the inevitable. I was just – I was almost numb just watching it because you've seen it so many times before. And it's, and it's almost like with as bad as the bullpen has been, everybody has been a culprit at some time, right? Mm-hmm. Green has been a culprit. Chapman's been a culprit. Britain's been a culprit. And then who's the one guy who hasn't really been a culprit? Lysica. It's Loisega, right? So it would be perfect that he would come in and not be able to record it out. What and just a, I mean, just, I don't even know what the word is. I say disaster. I say gut punch, you know, not mind numbing. I don't know what other, ter- you almost have to come up with new words for the English language to describe what the Yankees are doing this year. It's 2021. And this, this has defined them this season. It's unfortunate, but that what, what you are going to remember about this season is games like yesterday. Oh my gosh! Unfortunately, and there's been no, numerous. Of, of, oh, I mean, how many? How just, many you want to run down? I mean, in I, mean, the last I don't want to do that. that to there you. had to be about six or seven worst losses of the season. I think it started with the Twins' loss. Yeah, when Chapman came in, single home run, single home run. That one was over in the blink of an eye. Um, they've had all the Angel loss, the the loss to open the series against the Red Sox. I mean, that one yeah. was as bad as it gets. Until yesterday. Until yesterday. Until the latest one, right? And, and what's scary about that is you come up a really great win Saturday. You right. come from behind. You, mm-hmm. you just pop up. You, you know, you're like and, – and we always say this, right? Well, this is going to tell us a lot about this team. Look, they bounced back. What a tough loss on Friday. <laughs> Look what they did Saturday. This shows you. This team still has something left. Yeah, they're not playing well. We get it. But the fight is still there. The fight, And then they just go out and blow a game. And then, you know, you don't know. Once again. And we're going to play this carousel all season, Gordon. Who do we blame? 
for the loss yesterday, aside from the players, okay, because obviously they are the ones who have control because they're on the field. But other than that, listen, I heard all the excuses. Gordon, can you let Herman pitch to one more guy? You know <laughs> he what? Gave up one hit. Yeah, I understand, and I and look, you know me, right? Like when I actually think it's Aaron Boone's fault, I am yes. the first to blame Aaron Boone. Yes. Yesterday, and kind of the first game of the series as well. Yeah, I mean there are individual things here or there that I can nitpick with the manager. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, Jonathan Loisega has got to be able to go out there and get a couple of outs. I mean, there's, it really, it's almost like we kind of diminish the player's impact in it when they are the ones who are really to blame. They're the ones that yes. have got to get it done. True. So I've heard over the last, you know, 24 hours since that loss yesterday about how it's Boone, how it's Cashman, how it's analytics. It was the player. I mean, the player just could not get an out. Now, it, not all the balls were hit hard. And maybe Boone, after the double down the line, maybe should have went to Britain at that point. But considering how uh, unstable the bullpen has been at every single guy, right? As we said, Chapman has had his issues. Britain's had his issues. Green's had his issues. I can't say I blame him for going to Loisaga. And I can't really say even the second day in a row coming off COVID-19, I feel like that's an awful nitpicky thing because Loisaga has been that good. So He has. Uh, I, I really, I, I don't blame the manager. I, 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 I don't really blame him for saying, you know what, Domingo Herman is not going to go the distance in this game, no matter what. So let's get mm-hmm. the bullpen involved here. He gave up the double. Okay, I'm not taking any more chances. I got to nail down this win. And he turned to a guy who's been pretty reliable all season long. And yesterday, <laughs> the worst time to not be reliable. Okay, so I'll just play. Op- sure, I'll just give be, it to me. Just give, give you the opposite side. Mm-hmm. As good as this bullpen has not been, you were that confident in the bullpen, even the Weisinger? I mean, for me, even even in that scenario, and I get the lefty-righty stuff, I'm going with Britain before I'm bringing in the Weisinger, Gordon, because I need this game, and I feel that he's better able to get me a ground ball in that scenario. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel I mean, like it, he's it able was to a, get me the ground ball there, so maybe I can get a double play. Maybe I get two quick outs. Maybe I get out of it. And then, you know, then I'll figure out what I'm going to do from there. But for me, just second guessing, because that's what we do. <laughs> I, I think I would have gone to Britain before Loisega, even though I get Loisega has been the, been the best of the worst. And I get that he was okay Saturday and you bring him back second day in a row. Mm-hmm. Still, I just, once again, in that, in, to me, in that position, because I really need this game, I really want this game, I kind of want to go with my veteran guy in that spot and what he can bring to the table by getting me a ground ball. Yeah, I mean, it was a guy in second, so the double play to me, you know, it's not really right. in play True. there. Um, and I'll just be honest, uh, and it's, you know, we all second guess after the fact. I'm just mm-hmm. going by what I was thinking to myself at the time. Go to the bullpen, you know, let Herman come out for the inning. Mm-hmm. If he gets in any side of trouble, I'm going to the bullpen there. I have to lock right. this down. And the guy, while I was sitting on the couch saying to myself, I want Loisega, so I'm okay. not going to second-guess him there. And, right. again, I mean, Britain, he is the veteran, but he also has an ERA of seven this year, right? He has just not been right either. Now, of course, he got, you know, with the way things are going for the Yankees now, he comes in and is able to kind of settle it down in a way that Loisega was clearly not able to because Loisega mm-hmm. was not able to get even one out. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I, at the time, I said, you know what? I want the guy who's going to be able to come in here and strike people out, give me mm-hmm. Loisega, and it blew up in their just face. It did work. 
Yep, didn't work. Just didn't work yesterday. <laughs> the, wor- the worst time possible time. And as it was going on, I'm thinking to myself, isn't it perfect, right? Like, each of these guys have had their issues that I would stay away from them, right? I wouldn't trust Chapman in that spot. Mm-hmm. After Green and Thursday, I wouldn't trust him in that spot. Mm-hmm. Everybody's had their issues, really, except Loisega. And the- here's the day that it's his chance to shine. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. It, it, that's a tough one. Oh. Yeah, That's a exactly. tough one. That's a tough one. Because you look back at that, I mean, you should have won three out of four. Really should have. Really I mean, should have. And, Think and you about can't what say you'd be you, feeling, right? Yeah, and you can't say, well, you could, well, Larry, you could, yeah, you should you could have won. Yeah, but you were in the lead. See, this is different. This is not like you trail and you come a run short. You were in the lead in two games, and they came mm-hmm. back. So you should have been yep. three out of four. But you're and not. Yesterday, so we move you know, on. it wasn't even like a one nothing lead. It's four no. nothing, eighth inning. I know. And you can't hold that lead. Can't Gross. hold on. Gross. So now you get you have a day off today to breathe. Oh, thank God. I needed it. You know? I needed and, it. Uh, Tampa's next, huh? Yeah, I'm sure it'll go swimmingly. I'm sure I'm sure the phrase worst loss of the season has been used for the last time. Uh, I hope so for your sake. <laughs> I really do. I hope so for your sake. I, I felt so badly for you. I couldn't even text you yesterday. I said, let me oh, just leave Gordon God. alone. He doesn't need to hear from anybody. No. No, nothing. There's nothing to be said, right? Okay. What are you going to say in that situation? There's nothing to be said. So it's better off just to to get through the day and wake up tomorrow with no Yankee game, and it'll be a, a fitting uh, way to uh, get ready for October. Days without Yankee games. Clay Holmes, what do you think? I don't. I mean, this is. I mean, this is the type of thing that I thought that this is the move that they're going to make. You know, these are the, they're not, they're, there's any Yankee fan who thinks between now and Friday that some savior is coming in here. Trevor Story, uh, Joey Gallo. Uh, I've heard pitchers' names mentioned. Uh, I can't think of any of them off the top. Scherzer. Of Scherzer. <laughs> Scherzer was mentioned. Right. Yeah. I Barrios. Mean, none of, n- Barrios. Right. Barrios. That's the one. None of those guys. Max Kepler. Not unless there's some way where the Yankees can move some money and allow themselves to, to get somebody here because they're not making that much money for the rest of the year. They are The number one goal is to mm-hmm. make sure they don't exceed this, the luxury tax. So these are the kind of moves that you're going to make. The things that I've read, I don't know anything about the, the guy, but the things that I've read is that Park uh, and the other kid that they moved off, they were going to have to put them on the 40-man roster. They didn't mm-hmm. really want to put them on the 40-man roster, so they deal them now, get back in arm for, 20, for 2022, mm-hmm. somebody that they think that, you know, might develop into something down the road. Who knows? Not really. Not really the most pressing. <laughs> not really the most. The fact that they're already kind of looking at 2022 kind of tells you what you. All it you does. Well, they're realistic. Yep. They're they they are as realistic as some Yankee fans are mm-hmm. because they realize here's what they know. This is not a championship ball club, so we need to start looking at what we need to do to make this a championship ball club because, as it turns out, it's not what we thought it was. Maybe we thought we could get another year out of it. Maybe we thought we could do something. But with the injuries and the lack of production and and the bullpen falling apart, which has really been, I mean, let's be honest, the bullpen has been a staple for this organization for the past four or five seasons. The two staples of this team. You know, you you can quibble about the starting pitching, the defense, the team speed, the athleticism. The two pillars of this team are supposed to be the offense scoring runs, hammering people, and the bullpen being able to lock it down late. And both of those things, the the offense all season, and then the last month or so, the bullpen has just imploded, and that's why the Yankees are essentially a 500 team. Yeah, they really are. Now, you mentioned Max Kepler. 
Uh, Joe Sherman of the New York Post wrote about, wrote about Max Kepler again today. So I want to give you some thoughts about what he said. And plus, there's a couple of folks that want to speak to us as well. So we'll get to you in a minute. It's early. You're right on time for ESPN New York Tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Tonight on 987 ESPN. I'm enjoying the music, Gordon, because Diaz got a save. Oh, baby. Lock it down. What you still worried about this, Larry? You still worried about the division? Come on. You're not worried about the, the division anymore, right? Gordon, I'm, op- I'm not worried about the division. Not necessarily, no. But... Um, I look at this Met team for me, and we'll get to the Yankees in the calls in a second. This Met team for me, I'm just looking for them to show me some consistency. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's what I'm looking for now. And so I went through a phase where they were what, what knocking the ball. At Cincinnati, they're playing home run derby. Yep. Okay, you come here with it, and then they, they, they've now scored what? one run in like 17 innings. <laughs> they, Something like that, yeah. You know, they get shut out in the first game. And I know seven inning games, I got it. You know, and and, and the big thing for them, 21 to 16 in one run games, which is great considering the bullpen. Uh, but, you know, so that's what I'm looking for. I'm not really worried about the division. I'm worried about seeing them learn how to take advantage of teams who are they're better than. And they're better than Atlanta. Yep, and so absolutely. I don't want I want them to learn how to get rid of those teams and dominate those teams. Am I expecting a sweep? No, of course not. But I want them to learn how to play well because it's going to be a struggle when they play against the better teams. So get rid of these teams with minimal, you know, with as minimal effort as possible. And even in this game they get they get uh, a run and Jeff McNeil leaves the game because his leg is fatigued. So now he's just he's starting exhausted. to hit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he didn't even start these games. Yeah. He's, he's like he's had like four bats. He's gotten all hits, but now he's limping off the field. I'm like, oh yeah, great. So that's really what it is. Not so much the division, just looking for them to be consistent as they start to build momentum going into the postseason. Well, look, I think I, I did the math on Saturday. I think it was. I think you have 35 games left against your own division this year. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying, right? You want some consistency, but the good thing you have going for you is that none of those teams. As much as you might struggle with consistency, those other teams, they struggle with it even more. Yeah, so true. I think that you're, uh, you're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. You, you know that you're going to add, uh, I think, at least one big piece before the trade deadline, if not some, some ancillary pieces along with that. So that's um, going to be interesting. This is going to be an interesting week for the Mets. It is. It definitely is. It definitely is. I want to get your thoughts about Max Kepler, but let's go to the phones first. Sure. 1-800-919-3776. Let's, tip, let's uh, kick off with Brian in West Palm. Brian, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Brian. Yes. You're on the air. Yes, how you doing? I want to talk about the Yankees. I know I'm a big Yankee fan, but I know it's not popular, but I think the Yankees, if they traded players like LaWisega, Chad Green and possibly Chapman, you could get uh, trade him to San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers and get some top minor league prospects from, for both teams because they both need relievers. What do you, what are you what's your feeling about that? Because I I don't feel the Yankees are, are a playoff team, even though I love them. And 
These are guys that are controllable for a couple of years and they're not making a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, if the Yankees are going to be sellers at the deadline, uh, which is not a guarantee, uh, I would think that the bullpen would probably be the most likely area that they would subtract from because they do generally do a good job of of developing guys for spots in that bullpen. But um, considering how the bullpen has performed here, I don't know that anybody is looking to say, you know what we need? We need a Raltus Chapman. Um you know, maybe Green, maybe Loisega. You're not getting much back for those guys, though. Well, not, I have to disagree because they're controllable, and teams like San Diego and Los Angeles would, would pay with good prospects to get a Loisega or a Chad Green or even like a Sessa, even, even a Chapman. You get, you get. I mean, you look. You look at what the the Cubs might be getting for their closer. Um, that you know that that that's the top of the market. I don't know that anybody is paying. You know, nobody's giving up their top prospects Mm-mm. for a middle reliever. Okay. Uh, secondly, I have a trade for, for the Yankees. Uh, if they could possibly package a couple of their top prospects and go after Barrios and Max Kepler, a lefty who's not making a a lot of money for the Yankees and bring in a pitcher like Barrios. Um, well, Kepler is making uh, $7 million a year. So unless you're subtracting somehow $7 million a year, now that's, you know, obviously for the full season, he's making uh, basically $7 million the next few years. Um, six and a half this year, 6.7 the following year, $8 million the following year. So he's still signed for like four more years. Um, Kepler's not that – I mean, he's more athletic than anything the Yankees have, and he's certainly much more um, – um, he's a little bit younger than Aaron Hicks and all those type of things. You have to decide what you're doing as the Yankees. Are the – like, first off, they're not making any major moves like this, but let's just f- pretend for fantasy that they're going to do something here uh, and go out and bring in some players. Is this for the now or is this for the future? I mean, Kepler's okay, but he had a big year a couple of years ago uh, and has never really been able to build on that. He was he was he was okay last year. He's he's a little bit more athletic, um, but he's not really what I would say is the answer in center field. Uh, Berrios is a high end arm. Uh, I'd have to look at what his contract situation is. I, I certainly would like to have as many good starting pitchers as possible, but. Again, if you're if you're trading for him, the Yankees are going to have to give up a whole lot. And you know, anything that you're buying, you have to know what the price is. And I don't know what the price is for for Jose Barrios. There's going to be a lot of teams that are interested in Jose Barrios, and those other teams would probably be willing to pay more because he's going to impact them in the now. The Yankees, I don't know that there really is a whole lot of now because yeah. I don't think they're a playoff team. Well, it's, it, you make a great point. Is that are you doing this for now and the future, or are you doing this just for now? And I think the Berrios would obviously be now and the future, and you would try to slide him in. But then you're looking at, okay, so are we saying that, um, you know, is he going to be our number two guy now? <laughs> you know, wh- wh- where are we going to slide him? Uh, so that's, you know, that's one side of it. The the Kepler thing, which is, as I mentioned to you, what uh, Joe Sherman has been talking about for the past couple of weeks, he loves him. And when, as soon as I saw his line, his batting average, I saw oh, he's perfect for the Yankee line. He's hitting 220. Right. Uh, but he's got 13 home runs, 38 RBIs, OPS is 766. He is 28. 
And while people think, as you mentioned, he had 36 home runs in 2019, Gordon, is he – see, this is the, the – for him, you would, you would get him because you're saying that we need a fourth outfielder that or a utility outfielder that is a guy that we can put on this field that when Aaron Hicks gets hurt or right. when – You feel or comfortable when, putting him out Or there. when Judge gets hurt, we got somebody who can, who's good defensively and has a decent stick. So right. that's what. But now the question is, how much? Are, like you said, how much right. are you going to pay? Am I paying seven million dollars for a for a, for a reserve outfielder field. who can you know start in a pinch in center field? And I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't look at Max Kepler and, and say, oh well, that's that's clearly the guy. You know? Or is he going to be your left fielder? Are you bringing him in to say, you know what, he's going to be my left fielder going on, going forward? And you know, because God forbid, we really don't want. <laughs> standing out there and we're going to no. move on no. and we're going to move on uh you know from a bunch of the guys that we got here all right so are you saying that you're bringing him in to be your left fielder everyday left fielder and oh yes in an injury we can put him in center and in, under that scenario that maybe he would be a, a piece that you could use yeah i guess um Depending well, on what you have to give up. Yeah, I mean, I guess what you have to give up. But, I mean, he's also signed for like four more years. Um, you know, he was one of those guys that the Twins brought along in their organization and thought that, hey, this is a guy that we, you know, we're going to reward with a contract because he's one of our own guys. And he's never really performed up to that level since. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year, I got the numbers here, 228 on base of 321, OPS of uh, 760. This year, basically the same kind of numbers. OPS plus last year, 110. OPS plus this year, 113. So he's an above-average player. Um, but he signed for a bunch of more. I just don't understand, like, why would the Yankees be looking to lock themselves into something like that right now when it's clear that their approach is that this group is going to have to sink or swim on their own. And then after the season, you know, there's going to be a lot more options available to you. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, you're right, and then, but then, is it? What's he making? Like twenty five? He'll be making twenty four, twenty five over the next couple after his contract is up. Yeah, after at least this year, take a look again. Um, yeah, something like that. I mean, it's, it's like twenty five. I think it is, which is not terrible. But once again, I mean, what is the what is the salary? What is the what is the spending line going to be? Yeah, that's a, that's another question. You know, that's the one that I've started to think about. Like, and I haven't seen any answers about it. Uh, is this, you know, a resetting of the luxury tax threshold to to remove those punishments moving forward? And now you're going to go back to spending like the Yankees are, or because I'm sure attendance is a down again this year at the stadium is not, you know, it's not it's not back up to it where it was pre-pandemic levels. They're not likely going to be a playoff team is $215, $210 million, whatever the new number will be in the new CBA, is that basically where the Yankees are going to float just under it? Uh, because if that's the case, that's an issue. Yeah, Kepler is signed through 2024. Uh, and this year, next year, he'll make just under seven. The following year, 2023, he'll make 8.5. And then 2024, he'll make $10 bucks. I mean, I just don't look at him as a guy who has ever really been anything much more than a league average player. So, I mean, mm-hmm. look, $8 million for for a guy who can play the outfield like he can, uh, I guess that's not terrible. I, I just don't see what the, 
what the fit is right now um, and what the rush is to make that kind of move where you're giving up prospects for a guy like that. Because you want somebody other than Brett Gardner in center field. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the immediate thing. That would yeah. be the only thing until you figure out what you're going to do in center field and, and with Hicks and whatever, you know, it's, it's that would be one I of mean, the things. I mean, won't there be better options than that? You would hope so. Right. You would hope there would be, but are you going to pay for them? I don't know. I don't know. And, and here's the thing about, you know, center field. He played all of two games in center field last year. This year he's played 19 games in center field. He's essentially played right field. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not sitting watching Twins games night in and night out. I mean, I remember Max Kepler. It seemed like he was a decent glove in center field. But, right. you know, if the Twins aren't really playing him there, even with uh, the, the, uh, the other kid hurt, the, the, the speedster hurt, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. Uh, again, it's not, it's not one that I look at and say, yeah, that's, that's a piece that I'd really like. But I look, got you. center field is, is definitely one of those questions they're going to have to answer after this year because you can't go into next year thinking that Aaron Hicks is going to be healthy next year. Nope, not for a full season. He hasn't no. been. Why would you think he would start? You, right. What's he going to say? You know what? I think in 2022, I'm going to play full season. Right. I've like done Buxton, it before. It'd be I know nice Buxton's been out for a while. Yeah. Uh, and I would guess that that's why Kepler is not playing center field all that much. Mm-hmm. But since Buxton's been out, I, I don't know that he's been playing center field all that much more. So Yeah. It's interesting. We'll, we'll see what the Yankees do. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right, and they'll do something minor. They might not do anything else. Uh, I'm telling you right now, if they do anything that's more than who is that kind of move, like today was a who is that kind of move, mm-hmm. if they do anything more than that, I'll be stunned. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. one 800 Mets get a split with Atlanta today. Lose the first one 2-0, win the nightcap 1-0. Two more games off the schedule. That's it. Just that's two. all you're looking for. That's all we're trying to do. Just get rid of them. That's it. That's it. Back to the phones. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Uh, Gordon. Larry? Yes. I am going to give you a trade bombshell, so get ready. Okay. Two, two stories that appeared in today's papers. Number one, John Heyman reported the Yankees made a trade offer for Trevor Story. Well, I don't want him. Number two, the Athletic reported that the Nationals won't be able to keep Soto or Trey Turner, and they want to keep Soto. And they might be looking to Trey Turner. If that's the case, then I, no matter... If you get Story or Baez or any other shortstop thing, you're going to have to give up prospects. If I have to give up prospects, Trey Turner is the guy. You get Trey Turner, you change the dynamic of this team. You strengthen the infield defense. You put Torres at second. You have a, 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 a steel guy at top of the lineup that you haven't had. Well, Knobloch was a little bit like that, but since Phil Rizzuto. I don't care if, if you're going to give up the top prospects like the Gill or the Medina or Volpe or Wells. I'd rather give that for Turner because you put Turner in this team and you and he's he's on to for the next year or two and he may have to extend his contract. I had, 
But you you make that deal and you extend the contract because you know you have to bring in a shortstop anyway, then this is a, a different team. Well, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Gordon? Uh, well, look, if we're looking at the list of shortstops, Turner would be near the top of the list. No question uh, about certainly that. Certainly much more than Trevor Story. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Trevor Story. I gave you the, the, the split mm-hmm. stats on Saturday of him at home, him on the road. And I know that that has been out there a lot. And I don't have any inside information, but that would really be against who Brian Cashman supposedly is, right? Like, bringing the guy in and then also paying the contract that you're going to have to pay Trevor Story, that just does not make a lot of sense to me. I'd be very surprised if that's the way. And also, if your entire offseason has been about not spending money, getting under the luxury tax threshold, and now you're going to all of a sudden blow past it? Uh, I, I just doesn't – I don't know, man. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, no, I'm not a big Trevor Story fan. I like Trey Turner – I find it hard to believe that the like if the Nationals are putting together a list of guys that they want to keep. Obviously, Juan Soto's number one. Yes, and obviously Trey Turner would have to be number two. You would think. Yeah, you would think. And but I mean Scherzer's they're dangling him out there. I yeah, mean, well, look, really he's looking to like. Yeah, I mean uh, they're they're know, not they're not making a run this year. Scherzer's older. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably could bring you back a nice return. He he I'd have to think he's going to be the best pitcher, uh, best starting Definitely. pitcher moved by far. Yep. So he could absolutely make a major impact. So I, I understand that. But um, I don't know that it's going to necessarily be the fire sale like that, 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 that it could be. Um, but if they're going to move Trevor, uh, Trey Turner, that, yeah, I mean, that would be obviously one that uh, the Yankees should be all over. No doubt about that. What, if you're Cashman, what's your priority, Gordon? in trying to make a change, looking at this year and maybe doing something this year that can affect you next year as well. I, I just look at this year as be like, how many holes am I? I got to fix all these holes in, in, in four days or three, no, you're not gonna in fix three, all of them. You're not gonna in fix three all days. No, I guess the priority for me, uh, I, I think what the priority for me would be to get someone who can play center field. Mm-hmm. find a bat who can play center field and can actually produce something. Uh, I think improving – I can't – I don't want to have to pay the price that it's going to take to go out and get a starting pitcher. Every mm-hmm. team is going to be looking for a starting pitcher. Right. If the bullpen is going to be this bad, well, then we're doomed from the start. I have to kind of trust that we'll be able to manage the bullpen and guys will – get through this slump, and kind of perform the way that they are. If Luke Voigt is going to come back, it would have to be one of those two positions. Either get me a first baseman that I know is going to thump at first base or mm-hmm. get me a center fielder who can field the position, can play on a fairly regular basis, and can give me some production somewhere. We can't keep going with this black hole. And it's almost crazy that the Yankees were able to have a 4 nothing lead yesterday considering the lineup that they put out there. I mean, the yeah. lineup is just so bad with Judge out. Now, it looks like you're going to get him back before too long, but the lineup has been the issue. That has been the number one issue all year. The Yankees have not scored runs like they're supposed to score runs. And if they ever did score runs like they're supposed to score runs, that would cover up a lot of the other flaws. And we know that because it's done it in the past. All these flaws, the starting pitching flaws have been there. 
Uh, the defensive flaws have been there in the past. The athleticism, the de- you know, base running, uh, the bullpen at times. The offense, that's the main thing you got to fix. you got to somehow figure out a way. If you're going to do one thing, get somebody in here who can, can actually produce offensively. What is the balance for the Yankees? Because you, you mentioned starting pitching, and obviously they're still waiting for Severino. They would expect they hope, they're hoping that Severino, who they gave this money to, the contract, oh my gosh. is going to be able to eventually come back and start. But, I mean, Gordon, what if he can't? What, what if this is a situation where, and once again, this is more for next season than this season, but what if you know, he, he comes back and he's just not that good? I mean, then you got a major, you got a, you got dead money out there. Larry, I'm telling you right now, before this happens, I'm going on record as saying it. Yankees don't make the playoffs. They will give you all these excuses. Severino not coming back in time. The other various injuries that they had. The COVID situation. Glaber not performing. They'll give you all these reasons why it didn't happen when in reality, they knew that they, when you cut payroll from 250 to 210 and you know you're not leaving yourself any wiggle room really for any additions during the season and you didn't make any improvements last year, right? Like any of the moves that they made, they weren't really improvements. They were just moves that they made given the money that they had. So they knew coming into this year, it was going to be on this group to either sink or swim, and they have obviously sunk so far. Uh, so they'll give you all those excuses Moving on, and I'm sure Severino, whether he comes back at this point or doesn't come back, he's going to be one of them. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the Yankees went out and signed Severino and Aaron Hicks basically at the same time. And at the time, both deals looked like steals, right? The way Severino mm-hmm. had pitched at that point, the fact that uh, you were paying $10 million for a center fielder who, when healthy, can produce like Hicks, and both of those deals have turned out to be just outright disasters. Yeah. It's and Severino's basically from the moment the contract was signed, it was a disaster. Hasn't pitched? No. Nope, hasn't. <laughs> hasn't pitched. He's still waiting for him. And hopefully he can come back. I mean, listen, I wish the best for the kid. I hope he comes back and is able to do something. But this is this is really tough because you, 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 you try to be smart and spend your money wisely and invest because you're thinking, well, if these guys continue to produce – they're going to be even more expensive, so let me get them while they're at a at a bargain basement price. And they don't pay. They don't perform. It's like it's it's rough. It's rough. It, it, it's it is absolutely incredible that someone could have the run uh, of general success that Brian Cashman has had as the Yankee GM, uh, but yet be so bad mm-hmm. at identifying starting pitching. I mean, oh, even yeah. you know some of them. You knew from, like, sitting back, you're saying, well, this is not going to work. The Severino one, when they signed him, when they signed him, it seemed like it made sense, right? Here's a young guy who came up within the farm system, is 23, 24 years old, is part of your future, threw basically 200 innings back-to-back years. Let's get him locked up. And since then, he's been shut down. I think he's thrown 12 innings or something like that. I mean, it was basically right away that he went down. Uh, So... Yeah, that has not been – I mean, he was a guy in 2017 who finished third in the Cy Young, I think, or fourth in the Cy Young. I mean, he, I mean, he was a big-time arm, and it has not <laughs> – since that point, since uh, what was it, 2018, mm-hmm. years are flying by. I mean, he's not pitched at all since 2019, and he's really not pitched since 2018. That's a long time. I mean, three years. That's a long time not That's to pitch. Long time. Long time. That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, 
It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Hardesty and Damer until midnight. Also, you can reach us on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Charlie's in Elmhurst. Join us next on 98.7. Hey, Charles. Hey, Larry and Gordon. How you doing? Hey, Charlie. So, I mean... I mean, what? I mean, I'm a, I'm at the point, Gordon. I mean, I'm lost uh, out of words. What this team has done, the Yankees team. I mean, couldn't, I mean, couldn't gotten worse. I mean, how can how low can this? Well, team look, go? if it can and, get worse, they'll figure out a way, Charlie. <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll they'll find. I think they'll have four, five more coming this season. I could come over the top five, nine, top ten, almost Yankee losses of the year. But in terms of I mean, what this team? I mean, what what this team has to do at this point? I mean, this team's this team's going nowhere. It seems. I mean, division is done. They're not catching the race. I mean, I mean, you cannot. I don't want to get sucker back then with a second wild card. I mean, this team's going nowhere. So what do they do? I'd rather just miss the playoffs and have a completely wholesale change. That means Boone is a terrible manager. I mean, we all know he's just a broadcaster. He can't. He has no soul. He has no feel to the game. He needs to go. And Cashman, it is time. Get I know it's up the end of the season, but get get Cashman uh, has stale and this analytic clown fishman. I can't stand him. He need I mean fire. Everybody has to fire. Otherwise, uh, well, the rest of the year it's going to be a ghost town in Yankee City. How uh, will we have a guts enough to like? Uh, uh, make wholesale changes and WWGD. What would George do? Mm, that is a big question to all we Yankee fans. And but in terms of what I'm gonna do with this, uh, what am I supposed to do? Thing, I, I, I mean, I'm at the point. This team's gonna have this kind of loss, like yesterday or Thursday or Houston game in Houston, Angels game, or I mean. I, at the point, I'm about to like do some pro, other like programming, like alerts. Like I'm probably gonna watch to see, but like weekend, Saturday, Sunday, or some other whatever, whatever I feel like it. But I'm, not, I'm gonna watch something else because I, it just seems giving me so much pain. I mean, it's such a. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm well, look, I mean, I'm if they dead. can I'm make dead. the – I would disagree with you, Charlie. If they can make the playoffs, make the playoffs. Get into the tournament and you do what you can when you get there. Because here's the deal, and, and, and this is an uncomfortable truth for Yankee fans that they might not want to hear right now. Brian Cashman's not getting fired. Nope. Don't Brian Cashman is not getting fired. And this is not going to be popular, and I don't even know that I necessarily believe it as I say it, but what other GM – makes the playoffs the way that Cashman does, has one year where he misses the playoffs and all of a sudden gets fired. doesn't happen. It doesn't. And you know what? <laughs> you could argue with all the injuries, Gordon, that Boone right. could be back. Oh, I, at this point, saying- if, you, if you gave me the options, right? Yankees miss the playoffs this year. What ends up happening? Both Cashman and Boone are gone. Boone's gone, Cashman's back, both of them are removed. I would say that both of them are back. I, I, the, the fourth option would be both of them are back. I would put both of them are back. I, that yeah. would be my most likely. And if there's any change, I could see something where the Yankees don't bring back Boone uh, because his contract is up, he's had the health mm-hmm. issues, that type of stuff is the way it's portrayed, and maybe they make a change that way. 
But if you're asking me if I have to fan duel it, right, I got to bet on what the, what's the most likely thing that I think will happen, not what I want to have happen, it would be mm-hmm. both of them are back. And for a fan, and look, I understand the emotional part of you saying that because I said the same thing in a sense about the Knicks, right? When they lost to Atlanta, I said, listen, I'd rather lose to Atlanta like that so management realizes we're not really close. We have to do some more things. And I get that, that that's how you feel about the Yankees. But come on, Yankee fans, you want your team to get in the postseason. No, I mean, that, that's You crazy. definitely want them yeah. to play in the postseason. You want yeah. them to go. Because, because you don't know what, what happen. happen. You don't right. know. Right. Yeah, they anything could just get They high. could get on a run. They could all of a sudden play well. And, and here's the thing. Even as much as it, it pains you that they lost the Red Sox the way that they did, they should have, I mean, just a, a reasonable performance by the bullpen where they didn't implode on the mound and vomit all over themselves. They would have won three or four this weekend. With, with that lineup. With, with this lineup, with right? Lineup. No judge, right? With that lineup they have. Yeah, yep. I mean, Torres looks, looks like he's ready to go on the street, Gordon. I mean, I got to be honest. He, he looks, I know he's dabbled with it before. Yeah, but but how you see him hitting to all fields, a little bit of power. I think he's ready. You know, he looks better than he has. So I think you know you might be ready to go on the streak. So for me, if I'm a Yankee fan, no, let's see how far we can go with this team. I want to see if I and so I want them to kind of. I don't want them to uh, blow everything up. I don't no. want them to make decisions for next they, season. I want them do to that. do just enough, Gordon, to try to improve this team in the spots that we're weak to get me to the postseason. And let's see what we can do. That's what I want if I'm a Yankee fan. Now, here's a question I have for you. Yes. Do you think that the Rugnit Odor contract extension will exceed A-Rod's first deal with Texas, or will it just simply match it? (laughs) Don't match it. (laughs) It won't exceed. (laughs) Don't match it. Go oh my to. gosh! It, All of a sudden, something. they're 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 gonna oh look at he see this is why he right he had a he I'm sure even in the years where he was terrible in Texas he's had a hot month here yes. or there yeah uh, and I'm sure that this is what the hot month looked like and then it went right back to what it generally looks like so but yeah, hey but, but you but, need but, something but the, right at least he's perform at least he's got a little I'll say this I don't like him as a player. Because he's he's been a below average player for a while, but mm-hmm. at least he's got some pizzazz. At least he's got some life in him. He's not dragging his head. You know, some of these guys, it's like they got no energy. At least at least Odor shows up and has got a little, you know, little oomph. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know, look, he's he's one of your hottest guys right now. Yeah, <laughs> he is at that. He is at that, Larry. He's one he of the hottest guys right now. Yeah. You know, you need, you need to keep him in that line. Oh, keep God. Him, and look, the price is right. Right. You're not paying him anything. Right. <laughs> that, that's, anything. that's their favorite player this year. What, we can get a body and we don't have to pay him anything? That's it. The price is right. You're good. Absolutely. He's, he's the best investment all season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, look, he's better than Kluber, right? I haven't There's seen no him question. in a while. Absolutely. Darren O'Day, Justin Who? Wilson. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> Neville's in Hell's Kitchen. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to throw this out there. You know, uh, Cashman's been at this job for, I believe, 23 years. And maybe his message is getting old. Maybe it's getting stale. What is Steele Epstein doing these days? Uh, he was working uh, with a group which was working with ownership um, uh, and some, I, I don't know if it was, it was bringing baseball someplace or he was working with the owners and, and, and in some capacity, I, I know we've, we've gone down this road before. Look, if the Yankee job comes open, 
uh, I'm sure that there will be a clamoring for Theo Epstein. I mean, that would be the type of uh, challenge you would think that if anything is going to get Theo Epstein back into running a baseball organization, the Yankees will be that kind of job. I just don't think the Yankee job is going to be open. Again, keep in mind, the owner and the GM are in absolute lockstep. So unless something happens here that the team just completely implodes, I don't think that that Cashman's going to be out of a job. You talk about things that would shock you. That would absolutely shock me. I agree. I agree, Neville. Thanks for the phone call. I don't see him leaving, and and I don't. And I'm not buying necessarily. While while I do understand he's been there a while and he's like one of the family, yeah, that might be true. But the bottom line is that I just think that they they would give him another opportunity before they would bring him out like this. I just do. I just think they would give him – because here's the thing, Gordon. Hal's already said it's the player's fault. Absolutely. He's right? already told you. So, so you gave could, you, all the, same, you could, the, the, all the same verbiage, right, almost to the letter. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that that's why Boone's going to still be here. Now, uh, uh, Theo Epstein, according to his Wikipedia page, uh, has been working as a consultant on on-field matters. He was working with some sort of group, and I remember doing this as a, almost a bit um, because it was like we read what his job title was and we still couldn't figure out what his actual job was. Mm-hmm. So, uh, look, he, he's a name that's out there. I don't know necessarily that he's rushing back to run a baseball organization, but you would think that if he ever were to – I mean – Look, he's already got a Hall of Fame resume, ending the 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 the, um, the Red Sox curse, ending the Cubs curse. It's not a curse, but you know, if there's a job that would appeal to Theo Epstein, I would think that the New York Yankees certainly could afford to go out and get him, and he could name his price. There's no doubt about that, and he would name his price, and they would meet it, and they would meet it, and they would love him to bring in, and and he would really continue on the the uh, sabermetric situation that mm-hmm. is dominating baseball and, and is very prevalent among this Yankee team. There's no question about that. No question. No question about that. He, and listen, he, his resume is pretty good. <laughs> With Boston right. and Chicago. Right. The, you don't have good. to go through where, what have you done previously. Uh, his name, you know, you kind of know what he's done previously. That's for sure. I want you there. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Hour number two, Monday night edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Gordon Damer, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon? Yes. Jack Scott, the acting, acting, Zach Scott, the acting general manager of your New York Mets. Some would say that Brian Cashman is acting like a general manager as well. But only acting, not actually. Only acting. Only acting, right. Well, we'll see what he does. Maybe he'll actually be a general manager at the end of the week. We'll see. See what he does. But uh, Mr. Scott was asked, do you still feel like you need to add a bat? Yeah, it's good to see some of the guys performing at their expected level, uh, starting to show some improvements. Again, it doesn't really change. We always have to be exploring ways to improve the club. But as I've said before, we have a lot of good position players. So we're mindful of if we add a player, we're you know it's a zero-sum game here. We're taking away at bats from someone else, and we need to make sure that's actually improving our club, depending on the acquisition cost. All right, how about starting pitching? Is that still a priority? Adding Rich definitely helps. 
but still think we need to improve and just have more depth there. Um, obviously, we have some guys that we think are on the cusp of returning to the team that can make an impact, a positive impact for the club. But, you know, I know I've said this before, but, you know, with the deadline being, you know, we don't have the August waiver period anymore. So we need to make sure we, we kind of do our put our best foot forward in terms of getting the most pitching depth that we can. Um, there's still a focus on really upgrading the team in any way we can, adding more talent, really. so much Not so much upgrading as adding. All right, so here's, here's a philosophical question. Do you make trades to be playoff or World Series contenders? Yeah, I think you're always thinking of both. I don't think there's a clear criteria for, you know, how do you make the team not just a postseason contender, but a champion, you know, get a championship winner. I mean, it's hard to clearly define that. So we really need to just focus on how we make the team better, and that's going to help our odds of winning a championship. So, but that's the goal. So we're always thinking that that way too is, you know, how does this team look come October? You know, we want to get there because that's the first step. And then, you know, when, once we're there, what does our team look like that's a little different than maybe a regular season team just because of the way the postseason works? And so definitely have to think about both ways. See, for me, Gordon, I believe pitching is the priority. I mm-hmm. think they have enough offense. I know they, they, haven't, they only scored one run the past 700 days. But I still believe it's about pitching. And I think it's about pitching, especially when you get to the postseason, because of the fact you're not really sure about DeGrom. You're hoping and everything, you know, he threw and then he seems to be okay. But he threw and was seemed to be okay before and right. then had an issue. Uh, Carrasco – Likely return from the injured list this weekend. All right, so he may get a start at one of the two games, either Saturday or Sunday. I don't know what I'm going to expect from him. He's not stretched out, so clearly it's going to take him. It's going to be a bullpen day when he pitches. Okay, Syndergaard, once again, I love, I can't wait to get him back. He's not coming back before September. He clearly will not be stretched out. What am I getting with him? So, and look, Rich Hill did a nice job yesterday. Nice job, but he is the epitome of a soft-tossing lefty, all right? He mixes and matches. He's got, you know, as long as he's keeping you off balance and can hit his spots, he's excellent. But he has a very slim margin for error. And so I don't know what I'm going to get from him, and he is a back-of-the-rotation guy. And, yes, if you, you know, once you get to the postseason, you can put him in the bullpen long relief, you know, middle of like, you got to bring in the guy fifth, sixth inning, fourth, fifth inning, you can do that. So for me – I think, and I know Scherzer's out there. We talked about Berrios, even for the Yankees, Castillo, Tyler Anderson, Zach Davies. I know these names are all out there. But for me, and I know every, Chris Bryant, even I was talking about Chris Bryant, but for me, Gordon, the priority right now is to get pitching. You need pitching depth in your starting. And I could if, use a reliever, too. Yeah, if I could wave a magic wand and just be able to pick one area that could be solved for the Mets, I agree with you. I think it would be pitching. I don't see – and look, sometimes the guys that get moved at the deadline are the guys that haven't been mentioned the entire time. So maybe yeah. that is the, the type of thing that will end up happening. But so often when it, we talk about trades and finding the right trade and the right fit, a lot of times it's about that guy actually existing, right? Like there's so many times where, we, well, we, we got to get this kind of guy or that kind of – well, those guys are on those teams and they're not trading those guys. Mm-hmm. When you look at Chris Bryant – I know you don't probably need a whole lot more offense. It's not the area necessarily that I think is the most primary area of need. But the fact that he's a third baseman, he's available, he would take that offense, I do think, to another level and and give you another guy that you can really rely on, a bat that would be um, a featured bat in that lineup. And he does exist, and he is available. 
So when you take a look at the landscape, and again, we don't know everybody that's available. I'm sure there's plenty of names that aren't getting floated out there and might not until the trade deadline comes and goes and they're on a new team. Mm-hmm. That one is interesting to me if I were a Met fan because I do think that that's one that kind of fits a need. you got a spot there. He's available. And I, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of teams that would be interested in him as well, but it would feel like that that would be one that would kind of cross off a couple of boxes for the New York Mets. I agree with you, and I would love to have him as well. Mm-hmm. I just my priority right now is my rotation. Yeah, doesn't mean I, I don't no, want I get him. it. I get it. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't want him. I would love to have him because you know what? You can never really have enough offense. Like you can never have enough pitching in the postseason. You can never have enough offense, and he would improve you defensively. Yes. Now listen, J.D. Davis has done a decent job at third, but he Brian yeah. is better at third than he is. It's not even yeah. close. Yeah, even when he's even when he's raking, he's not. <laughs> it's 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 always questions about the defense. Berrios is one name that's been out there that I think would probably be again if I could wave a magic wand, he'd probably be the number one target. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I would look at him as the. Uh, I guess maybe that he could have the impact that a Chris Bryant could have. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, you do have to find a you have to find a pitcher somewhere, and it can't just be Rich Hill. No, I got I got to get an upgrade from that. <laughs> right, because it might not be long before Rich Hill goes. You know, I mean, he's not exactly he's not exactly Cal Ripken Jr. out there. No, no. And at forty one, who is right? Right, exactly, exactly. You know, listen, I got it. It's soft tossing lefty. You know, lefties are always, they have long shelf lives. But, you know, as you get to the better hitters, they, it's going to be a challenge for him. It is. Kenny's in Jersey. Hey, Kenny, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, what's up, Larry? What's up, Gordon? Hey, Kenny. What's up? Hey, I, I usually never agree with Gordon, but this time I got to agree with Gordon. <laughs> oh, I, there you go. I met, yeah, I, I would go after Brian. I would do, like, the, the blueprint is there. Like, all, all we need to do is follow what the Yankees would do. They would throw money at a situation. Now we got a billionaire owner. I, it shouldn't be no problem going after Bryant or any other top three player at any position on our team. So, I mean, the blueprint to me is simple. We just look right across to the Bronx and see how they won all their championships and do the same thing. And they, what they did was throw money at it. So we should do the same thing. I hear you, Kenny. Thanks for the phone call. Well, they threw money at some. They didn't throw money at all, but they, they did throw money at some. And, and here's the thing. Uh, the new guy is talking. And see, he, he sent a, a really mixed message <laughs> when he said, listen, uh, if I'm going to go past the luxury tax, I'm going to blow past it. Like, I'm not just going to go over by a couple of million. I'm going to just blow past it. So, But he also said he wasn't going to spend money like a drunken sailor. So... It is going to be interesting to see how they pursue it, but I, I just, you know, listen, I'd love to, if I could get Chris Bryant and the pitcher, I'm, 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 I'm ecstatic. Well, I think the thing is that the Mets have going for them is the fact that they are playing. You know, I, I hate to keep hammering this point, but the fact that the division is theirs, mm-hmm. I really don't think that they're going to be challenged that greatly. I feel like they have to be thinking, okay. It's not about making a deal to get us through August or September. It's about finding the the, the big-time pieces that we need so when we take on the Dodgers or we take on the Padres or we take, you know, when we're facing off in a, in a, in a playoff series that we have everything kind of covered as much as we can. It's not about beating out the Phillies or the Braves. It's about – and that's why I think that when you talk about the big names, like the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the, the top of the market – I think that that's why the Mets should be mentioned with, with all those kind of names. If it's Chris Bryant, if it's Berrios, whoever's available, um, I, I think that that's an area that they should be shopping at, especially when 
let's be honest, it's been a long time since the Mets, I know they went in 2015, but it's been a long time since they won. Yeah. And they got the, I mean, a lot of things line up for them to kind of push the chips into the center of the table this year. This could be their year. This could be their year. Um, Yankees not interested in, in Chris Bryant? Well, is he going to, I mean, they got to yeah, go through the couch fielder. cushions. Um, they're going to have to go through the couch cushions and, and see if they can uh, find, I mean, look, I'd love to be able to add a Chris Bryant. Uh, unfortunately, the Yankees, they are, they are cashed out. They, are, they don't have any money to spend. Uh, and they, I, I'm for, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, I get the feeling that when the trade deadline comes and goes and Brian Cashman eventually talks to the media about the – keep in mind, even when the Yankees have been good, they don't make trades at the deadline. Even when the Yankees are good, they don't trade away prospects. That's why I, I can't see Trevor Story being a realistic option for the Yankees because or, – or, or Trey Turner. You imagine the amount of prospects you'd have to give up for Trey Turner? The Yankees aren't going to do that. So when the trade deadline comes and goes and Brian Cashman comes and meets the media, he's going to give you the old Wilpon thing of, well, you know, the acquisitions that we're making are getting Luis Severino back, getting Corey Kluber back from injury. Remember, that used to be the way mm-hmm. they would go. Mm-hmm. They tell you the guys we already got who have been hurt this entire time, they're coming back and that's like making a trade. No, it's not. Making a trade is actually making a trade. But you got money. You got money from, uh, you know, uh, Mike Ford for Tampa. They gave you money. Yeah, no. Uh, you got th- the extra money? I, that, that's they – are, they are cashed out. I mean, they, they had to take – I mean, they had to drop like $40 million just to get to where they are. I know. And that's the problem is that I'd have to find something that gives me more detailed numbers. It doesn't seem like to me from what I've looked at – you know, sometimes you get a year where a team, you know, they're losing 60 70 $80 million is coming off the books and they'll kind of be able to free up – I don't think that all that much money is coming off the Yankees' books because all the guys who are making significant money are here forever. Long-term. 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 Mayhew's here for a long time. Stanton, obviously, is here until the next millennium. I mean... Grandfathered in. Oh, my God. You talk about Cashman having job security. That might be a good poll question. One of the, who's, who's gone first, Cashman or Stanton? They might both Stanton be here forever. They might be building a new stadium by the time those two guys are done. You're right. You're oh, right. Oh, Lord. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.